Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 46 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. Before I get into my usual introductions and everything to start the episode, uh, today it's just me and Micah, unfortunately, our good friend Nathan, um, a hobby of his outside of uh, fantasy football is uh, riding dirt bikes, and he had a bit of an accident and is having surgery today, so we're uh, just... Saying all that to say, uh, we're wishing you the best, Nate. And uh, we know, luckily, nothing's life-threatening. His mind's all there. Everything's, you know, not, the, the worst was avoided. But, uh, you know, uh, the, he's having a surgery today and probably, actually, probably just got done a couple hours ago. So we're just wishing you the best and, uh, you know, are, are missing you a lot in this episode for sure, buddy. Is there anything you want to add, Micah? Uh, he, he's alive and kicking. He's going to come out stronger. He's going to have this time um, after his surgery to be able to rest and read up on more fantasy stuff. So he's going to be like Dr. Strange. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, uh, he has been in the hospital for a couple of days. So, so I'm sure he's had ample time to look at uh, all of the numbers and all of the stats because we know, (laughs) we know that's what he loves to do. So uh, anyways, uh, hopefully next episode, he'll be back. Um, But uh, you know, for now uh, we're wishing you the best and, I'm sure everybody listening is as well. Um, well, all right. Um, weird, weird segue now into some fantasy football. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, as always, uh, you know, it's just going to be me and Micah today. And, you know, most leagues this week is uh, the trade deadline. You know, by the, by the end of uh, Monday, uh, you, you should have everything traded. Uh, you know, some leagues might have a week 12 deadline. Um, but, uh, you know, I think for most redraft and, and, uh, a lot of the apps presets week 11 is what it is. So we're going to cover a lot of, uh, trade, uh, potential trade targets. And if we're trading for trading away or what, what we think to do with that, what the trade value is for some of these people, as well as, uh, some of our normal other usual segments, waiver wire dog discussions, start sit and our starts of the week. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's dive into that. Um, we'll start with injuries. We actually had a pretty good week as far as injuries go. No, no major injuries. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones uh, looked like he might have had a major injury, uh, but it looks like he's only going to be out for about two weeks. Um, but um, other than that, I mean, as far as fantasy relevant players, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good week as far as injury goes. And we always always like to see that. Uh, which might have something to do with why the waiver wire this week is going to be so weak, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we do have uh, some names for you here and I'm going to let Micah go ahead and give you his number one pickup. Um, number one pickup was the number one pick in the draft and it's Rashad Bateman. He looked really good last Thursday night and he seems like he actually has like better PPR value than Hollywood possibly going forward just because he has a much safer floor Hollywood definitely had the more boom games for you, but Rashad seems to be like a very consistent receiver going forward. And once he can get a touchdown. So um, I think Rashad Bain is a good pickup because um, once they let go of Le'Veon, so I think they're going to pass the ball more going down the stretch since they have him available because their running back core has been so bad. So Rashad Bateman is my top waiver wire priority pickup. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he would definitely be my top two. Uh, I don't know exactly – how rostered he is he's not on most of the waiver wires in the leagues i'm in however if he is there snatch him up pay whatever you have left because 
I do think everything Mike said is true. He's going to be really big down the stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my number one pickup, uh, I did mention the Aaron Jones, and this is also probably a more uh, rostered player, but I do think he might have been out there in some leagues because, uh, you know, he hadn't had a good game the week before, and that's A.J. Dillon. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's obviously going to serve as probably a top 12 running back for as long as uh, it's, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is out. And, uh, you know, I think you should definitely pick him up. But uh, that's kind of cheating. So my number two is somebody that um, is much less rostered, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. So mm. I know a lot of people probably picked him up last week, maybe right uh, right as they learned that Damian Harris was declared out uh, late. It was, wasn't uh, in the typical waiver wire uh, period on uh, on Wednesday, but a couple of days, maybe Friday or Saturday. And uh, so people did pick him up and start him. He won me a league. I think he was the RB1 last week. So, uh, but that being said, Damian Harris is going to be back next uh, this week, uh, tonight actually against the Falcons. So, um, you know, uh, but but I do think he's under roll go- going forward. And, you know, obviously he showed a tremendous upside that uh, I will say, Micah, uh, you know, me and Nate both were pretty much writing this guy completely off, uh, you know, from the, from the rookie before he was even drafted to the Patriots, we were, you know, pretty much not interested. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was in your top 10 run, uh, running, uh, rookie top running seven, uh, before, top he, seven. before he was drafted. Uh, so, um, you know, props to you. It looks like that, you know, going forward in dynasty, you know, it looks like, uh, you might have the future started for the, for the Pats. That being said, you can never really trust Bill Belichick, but I'll let you give your, give your little victory lap on his performance last week, if you'd like. Well, no, he just looked so good. And that's what I was happy about. It's not like he just got the points off of like lucky plays. Like he looked really good and he's looked the part whenever he's gotten touches. So I love it going forward. Um, the reason he was my number two waiver wire pickup is just because of Bill Belichick and his running backs and Damian Harris coming back. So I still think he'll be fine. I don't know if he's getting you 25, 30 points a game going forward unless Damian Harris got hurt. But Dynasty Outlook, I love. For sure. Now, you know, I'll not to get too personal here, but I guess, you know, without Nate here, we have a little bit more time to fill. We both made a trade in the second round in one of our leagues this year for mm-hmm. a rookie running back, me being Trey <laughs> Sermon and uh, – you being uh, Ramondre Stevenson and, uh, you know, everybody was laughing at you and saying that I was a genius and uh, it, it, it looks quite the opposite right now. So I got to eat crow on that one. Uh, good, good call for sure. Uh, that being said, it'd be hilarious if he was just like declared inactive by Bill Belichick tonight. Oh, let's not talk about these things. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't know what happens here in a couple hours, but um. All right. Uh, well, who's your next waiver wire pickup? Um, you touched on him, but um, AJ Dillon is my next one if he's available. Right, well, who's, um, the but, next, who's the un, next unmentioned if you have anybody? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, AJ Dillon would be my next guy. And then I'd get Jeff Wilson Jr. if he's available in your leads because Elijah Mitchell looks banged up. And we know that Kyle Shanahan hates Trey Sermon. And I think Jermichael Hastie's still hurt. So it could be a path for Jeff Wilson to have a big game. No, I totally agree with that. And honestly, last year, Jeff Wilson completely won people championships. You know, he kind of came on the, the mm-hmm. for the policy playoffs and, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't sleep on that potential. Uh, you know, I think that's a great pickup right there. Um, 
and yeah, that's another, you know, uh, Elijah Mitchell did just have hand surgery. However, it looks like he should be able to play. It's a little uncertain right now. Um, well, the last guy I have on my list here is, uh, another running back. And I feel like that's what it is this week besides AJ Dillon. It's just a, like Ramondre, uh, and the guy I'm about to name, uh, Deontay Foreman, um, you know, I would have completely written him off a couple of weeks ago, but he looks better on the field than Adrian Peterson. There's just no way around it. And Jeremy yeah. Nichols is trash. Like, literally, Jeremy Nichols. <laughs> He's so <terrible>. is, <laughs> Like, there's, you know, there's the whole theory that you can just feel any, like, any running back into a good offense and they can do it, but not Jeremy Nichols. He's just not good. But uh, I do think Deontay Foreman looks like he has the most juice on the field. Uh, he looks more explosive than AP. Now, I know AP's still kind of warming up into it, but so is Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman was out of the game for a while, and he just looks better to me and is getting a higher yards per carry. So um, I do think it's possible that he emerges uh, over as, as probably going to be a, a three-headed monster going for but i do think it's possible that uh, deontay Ford he got more more work last week so you know this isn't somebody i'm super excited to pick up but if you're in desperate need of running back and you can't get any of the other names we named it's it's worth the shot just because tennessee's offense is good enough to where mm -hmm. if you can grab their starting running back it's worth it yeah there's one more name i'll throw out it's latavius murray since Le'Veon bell got released from the ravens he's a guy to keep your eye, keep an eye on for sure for sure um well, all right, guys, uh, that's going to end that. And we're going to move on to our dog discussions, as always. So we're going to have four interesting topics, the four legs of the dog, as we learned a couple of episodes ago. Um, the first one, uh, again, last week we talked about playoff teams. Uh, so we're going to have a, another couple of uh, topics here that are not exactly fantasy related. I mean, they're fantasy adjacent because it affects fantasy and, you know, the changing of the offenses and, and everything else. But uh, uh, it's going to be head coaching questions. So the first, first question is going to be which head coach or coaches, if you think there's more than one that deserves a super solid argument, uh, do you think deserves uh, coach of the year? And I'll let you start start this off, Micah. So um, you want me to go from three to one or one to three? Um, go from three to one. Three to one. All right. So number three, I have Cliff Kingsbury. They won a game without Kyler Murray against the 49ers who beat the Rams, and I think that is quite impressive. They're eight and two. They look like they could end up winning the AFC West, which is one of the best divisions of football. Yeah, so – NFC, yeah. Um, so that's why I think Cliff Kingsbury is doing a good job, and he's number three right now. Um, number two is Mike Vrabel, because I think the Titans are doing much better than I thought they would do, and that's with Julio ben being out, A.J. Brown not being 100%, Derrick Henry going down. Yeah, they have the best record in the AFC, and part of that is being in the AFC South, but I think nonetheless that he's done a great job down there. If they secure the number one seed, he might end up winning it. But I think the sheer off of what they did last year and the roster and everything and a rookie quarterback, it's Bill Belichick. Like, he rarely ever won it when they were doing um, great because, you know, when you're consistently have the best record with good teams, you never win it. But I think the turnaround that he's done in New England this year and if they end up um, beating that, besting out the Bills and winning the AFC East and getting, like, the number three seed, um, I think Bill Belichick is going to be coach of the year. So those are my candidates. Yeah, I think those are really good ones. Honestly, um, your two and three are mine, and Mike, Mike 
wow, Vabril, and couldn't, couldn't say that word for a second, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I, I didn't really consider Belichick, but I got to say, you you have a great point. And one thing about the, you know, Coach of the Year award, it's always very narrative-based, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Look, as a Browns fan, Kevin Stefanski came in, and he's the best head coach we've had in so long and everything else, but it was just like, the, the hot narrative of somebody turned around the Browns and led him to the playoff, which is great, but it, it was more based on that than I think anybody else's record or anything else. So, um, you know, anyways, uh, I, for me, it's Mike Vabral. I'm, I'm just going to have to stop saying his last name. <laughs> Vrabel. Vrabel. Vabral. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for me, I just didn't expect the Titans to be anywhere as good as they are with Derrick Henry. And now that Derrick Henry has fallen, it's just been uh, – and, and you you mentioned without Julio Jones, I mean, A.J. Brown has been out for several games and it's not been as effective as you think. So, I mean, you know, if you would ask me at the beginning of the year, if those three players aren't going to be that productive, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be, you know, underwhelming. Are the Titans going to win games? I would have said no way. But they're doing it with guys like Nick Nick uh, Westbrook Akine and uh, you know Marcus Chester, Johnson, Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson. You know it's uh, it's it's you know and 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 honestly credit to not only Mike uh, Mike V but uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill as well. Um, but uh, for me, I think Mike 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 Vrabel is goddamn is the. Uh, is, is the clear cut number one leading candidate, but I, I do have to throw Cliff Kingsbury in there too, because um, look, he was honestly on the hot seat at the beginning of the yeah. season. Like, like people were kind of, he's had two years there. He drafted Murray and, you know, they have progressed every year. They were eight and eight last year, but missed the playoffs, but nobody expected them to come out and probably win the NFC West, which everybody would agree is the hardest division. And and I say probably the Rams are still in there, but the Rams just went down to the, to the 49ers and, and, and the, the Cardinals are, although they lost, you know, last week they, they lost because Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins is out. So, uh, you know, uh, when Kyler Murray's back, I fully expect this team to be in full command and, uh, their, their, their defense has improved so much. Uh, you know, we knew they had an explosive offense, but their defense is literally um, almost every metric top three in the league. So uh, I definitely think he has to be in the, in the conversation, but yeah, you mentioned both of those guys. I do think Bill Belichick is a great argument. I wouldn't put him at one, but for me, it'd probably be three, it'd be Belichick three, Cliff Kingsbury two, Mike Weber one, I think if I was ranking them, but uh, we'll see. Well, there's still there's still a good chunk of season left, and uh, a lot a lot to be seen. So uh, it could be you know none of the guys we just named. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see. Um, well, on the flip side of the coin, question number two is which head coaches are going to get fired after the season? So um, I'll open this one since you started with the last one and. So I have three in a certain category and I have three in a maybe category. So oh. the, three, the three in a certain category, I have Matt Nagy, Joe Judge, and Rich Bisaccia. And to be fair, Rich Bisaccia is a interim coach as it mm-hmm. is. So, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if he's technically going to be fired, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, even if, they, I think they would have to make the playoffs again. And I don't think that's going to happen, but, but I, I think any other way they're going to have every excuse to want to get rid of him. You know, I don't think he's as bad as maybe he's made out to be, but he isn't great. 
and that's clear. So I do think the Bears are going to want to bring in somebody. And it's clear that the offense has gotten better after he was removed as play caller, which I think is a pretty bad uh, uh, sign. Uh, so uh, for me, I, I do think he's probably the hot, most certain in my mind to go. Um, Joe Judge is next. You know, he's only been there. I think this is his second, his second or third season. Do you know off the top of your head? This is his third season. No, no, it's his second because um, because Daniel Jones had to switch off his coordinators because Joe Judge came on and hired Jason Garrett. Okay, all right. Uh, no, but 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 Jason Garrett left two seasons ago. You know, so I think it has been two seasons, and this is his third. I think that's what it is. But regardless, it's been very disappointing all around. Uh, you know, I, the players- this is his second season. Oh, it is? You looked it up? This is the second season. Okay, okay, okay. Thank so you. him and Gary came in at the same time. So this is a little bit less certain for me just because he hasn't had as much time as as Matt Nagy then, but uh, it, all signals are pointing down for the Giants organization. They haven't been exactly looking up. Uh, Gettleman's probably in trouble too, their, their GM, uh-huh. you know? So I just probably think they're going to wipe the slate clean. If they get a new GM, the guy's probably going to want to hire his own man. And Joe Judge honestly hasn't been very liked by the players. Uh, there's been reports of that just because of his, you know, hard-nosed, old-school Bill Belichickian, you know, run laps if you don't do exactly what I said. Or, or you know, he's just a dick. Yeah, yeah, that's another yeah. way to say Certainly. But, uh, and then Rich Passaccia, you know, interim head coach for the Raiders, obviously the Raiders are going to be looking to get, get, uh, you know, a fresh face in there to, to lead that organization. And, uh, the three, um, well, actually, but why don't, before I give my three in the maybe category, why don't you go ahead and give your answer and then I'll, I'll swoop around and give my maybes at the end. All right. All right. So, um, I only have one of the guys that you had in your top three. Okay. Um, my number three is Mike Zimmer. Okay. I I think that the Vikings are not going to finish as strong, and they're only four. I think four and five at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's just one of those like fresh blood type of things where like you know Andy Reid left Philly not because he was bad coach per se, but they need a fresh start. He needed a fresh start, and I think it's just time for Mike Zimmer. I think after all this COVID bullshit he's dealt with, he's just been kind of over it. And I could see him maybe like going back and be a defensive coordinator somewhere and not being a head coach for a little bit. So I, I could see him getting fired this offseason. Um, number two is Vic Fangio, because eventually this Teddy Bridgewater thing's not going to work out. And I think they're going to want to bring in an offensive mind and move on from Fangio. So he is my number two. And number one's Matt Nagy. Uh, I kind of think he's a hack. And I, <laughs> I just don't see them making the playoffs. They traded their first rounder for Justin Fields, so it's not like they're going to have much draft capital um, for a team that's going to need it. Their defense has gotten older and not that great. Um, and I, I just think that he's going to end up having to get let go and they're going to need to bring some new, new people in and try to build a better offense for Justin Fields because, honestly, he's done an awful job so far. Like I get Justin Fields hasn't been ready, but he, I don't think that he's been doing the best to set him up for success. Um, so I definitely think that Matt Nagy will be out of Chicago, and I don't know who's going to end up there. But I, I'm sure they can't get someone any worse. Yeah, so we definitely agree on Nagy. Fangio is really interesting to me, and uh, and and reminding me of your number three again. Oh yeah, Zimmer. 
Yeah, yes. Mike Zimmer. So, so you know, I have the the Vikings as a playoff team still. I do think mm-hmm. they're going to end up making it. So I think that. But I will agree with you that if they don't make the playoffs, I can certainly see everything you saying being true and and and, mm-hmm. and them needing a fresh face and and uh, totally. So so I think that's a good name to throw out. Uh, you know, Fangio's interesting because you know I feel like the. Broncos have done better than I thought they would. So they're all against bad teams. Their wins. Yeah, that's true. I I know they started out four and zero, and now they're five and four. But uh, I think it's very true. If they if they slide and if they have a a terrible season, he's definitely going to be probably on the chopping block. But uh, what's interesting is neither one of those guys were in my maybe section. So um i'll go over those and uh for me uh brian flores uh and this is unfortunate because i like i think he's a good head coach i think he's probably one of the better belichick disciples besides uh uh besides rabel of course but uh you know uh brian flores is uh, the the dolphins have probably been the most disappointing team of the season uh and I don't see it really going up from here. He hasn't really, he's been very wishy-washy on Tua. There's been reports that he wasn't happy that they drafted Tua. And, you know, Tua, to be fair, has played very well the past couple of weeks. And 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 I, I think they might get a, somebody in there that believes in Tua and is willing to work with Tua if if they don't end up trading for Deshaun Watson, which we all know was, was talked about. Um, of course, Urban Meyer is on my maybe list. Uh, you know, I know, nah. I know Micah disagrees. And then look, he has he's it's his first year, but what a year it's been. Uh, you know, I do think beating the Bills might have gave him a little bit of life and juice, but if he doesn't win any more games, I don't think that's really gonna matter. Uh, he will, he will. You know, so I think he's definitely a maybe. And then for me, this one's probably very surprising to a lot of people. But Pete Carroll. Nah, this is, this is I mean, a hot take. Look, if he if they don't make the playoffs, Russell Wilson leaves. The whole organization is blown up. Or they might not want to stick with a guy that's been there for twenty whatever years. He's been uh, for like twelve years. You know, or uh, you know, uh, he's. It, it seems like he's lost uh, a little bit of a step. Now, that being said, you know, I know this is a little bit of recency bias maybe because, you know, Russell Wilson was injured and then came back. But I don't think Russell Wilson's going to come back and play there next year. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I don't think – I think this is the least likely out of all the names, but certainly uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and that's that, that was my, my hot take candidate for sure. But, uh, but keep – you know, remember these words, Pete Carroll on the hunt. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I I don't think Pete Carroll's gonna get fired. He, he you know he might not, but look, they've had a, a really bad season so far, and if Russ doesn't come back and save them, you know Seahawks fans aren't accustomed to losing. So that, true, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But uh, all right, do you uh, got any more names to throw out or reactions to to you know maybe Brian Flores? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think Brian Flores is getting fired. I, I think it, this year has just been very unfortunate with the quarterback situation. And it's, it really has been – last year they were getting a ton of turnovers on defense and they haven't been getting it this year. So that's really hurt their team as they were getting like an absurd amount of picks and fumbles last year. So they haven't been able to replicate it. So I don't think it's all on him. 
And then when you talk about Joe Judge, Joe Judge and Gettleman are going to get one more year because there's been a lot of injuries to the team this year. And they're like, all right, we're going to give you one more year. Like it's going to be Daniel Jones. They're probably going to pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, but it's still going to be his fourth season. They're going to hope Saquon's back and healthy. Um, Kadarius back. Kenny Gallaudet they paid. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep Evan Ingram or not, but try to build more. Plus, they're going to have two first-round picks. Um, and they got that, for, you know, trading back for the Bears for Justin Fields. So I feel like Gettleman will get another year and Joe Judge. They might part with Jason Garrett. Um, or they, it's tough because then they're going to be like in their, what, third offense in like four years. So they might not want to do that. I don't know. But I still think Joe Judge is going to get one more season. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think it was the Giants that trade. I think they have the Giants. Uh, no, the Giants have their pick is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the Giants have the Bears because they traded back when um they traded for Justin Fields. Right, right, right. And they traded back the and Dolphins, got Tony. The Dolphins do have somebody else's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not – I'm not. it wasn't the Fields. Uh, I don't think. But uh, regardless. Uh, okay, so, yeah, the, uh, you got no more names to throw out there? No. no. All right, so three head coaches for Micah. I listed six names, but I'm going to, you know, cap it at uh, – I'm going to say four. Four are gonna get fired. So um, that that's that's my thoughts. Um, all right, number three. Who is a player you think is going to have a great end of the season that may have had a rough start or rough patch, and that you know it could be performance, it could be injury. Um, why don't you go ahead and give us that player, Micah? Um, so I have one for each position. I don't know what you how okay. many you got together. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, I'll just go like with the guy that I have as the top because I kind of also had him ranked. But I think one of each position. So I think that the second half of the season that Trevor Lawrence is going to turn around and finish as possibly a QB one. I think their schedule actually eases up a lot the second half. They play a lot of bad pass defenses. Um, they've been getting a little bit better. Like, I mean, I know they didn't score a lot versus the Bills, but they still, like, didn't throw the game away. So I think they're steadily improving, and I see him having, like, a big second half of the season. Okay. All right. Uh, go ahead and give us – go ahead and give all your positions. You can. Okay. Okay. So um, running back, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy. You saw what he did this past week without getting a touchdown. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I've never had Christian McCaffrey on any of my teams, and it makes me very sad. So I think he's going to be um, killing it the second half of the season. A.J. Brown, I think he's gotten over his sickness and injuries. Um, the Titans have been playing a lot better than I think, and Derrick Henry's not going to be back until probably playoffs. So I think A.J. Brown has a great second half. And Kittle, look what he's done in his two games back from injury. It's been beautiful, and there's a reason why we want to draft Kittle early, and we might have taken – should have taken Kittle ahead of Darren Waller because for some reason Derek Carr doesn't want to throw to Waller anymore after that week one when he got like 20 targets, and since then it's been really disappointing. So I, I like Kittle going forward um, in the yeah, second yeah. half. For sure, yeah. I went with Kittle over Waller, and boy, am I glad. At this point is – is Waller a bust? I think it's safe to say Waller's a bust. I mean, people spent a second-round pick, and he had one week. Like, it's week one, he got 19 targets, and then literally – I mean, I'm not saying every week has been unstartable, but it hasn't been 
what you drafted in the second round. You know what I mean? Well, because like, here's the thing is that we finally got about it. Well, I think we finally got to the point where, like, defenses are game-planning against him. Like, when he first came into the league, they were worried about, you know, all his other players. But then Darren Waller just kept killing them week in and week out. Now they knew that he's, like, the top option on their offense. And he's just not able to produce, I think, because the defenses are concerning themselves with him over everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was kind of tangential. But, no, I I, I do agree. Um, you know, maybe if we end up talking about bus at the end of the season, I you know, it'll be interesting. If, if, if he doesn't turn it around, he might might be be on that list. But, um, all right, well, um, I only have two players. But um, so I'm not as good as Micah, but I think they're two good players. And uh, one of them I do have to eat a little bit of crow on. So, uh, the first, however, is somebody that I've supported more than these guys throughout the podcast, and that is Miles Sanders. Um, the Eagles have really? completely turned around their offense to where they were one of the they were the least run heavy to now they are the most run heavy offense. It's it's crazy. They're uh, completely completely you know, and, and it, what's crazy is they it it took you know the game that um that miles sanders got injured that was the game where they changed that was literally like miles sanders started out he got like six or seven rushes and then he got injured and then they they uh you know had boston scott go off and then jordan howard's been going off uh, with boston scott and literally they've been rushing the ball so much uh so i do think that now he's coming back this week he's going to be starting and I do think he's a better running back than anybody else there. You know, Kenny Gainwell, uh, uh, despite us all being supporters, and I don't think he's completely done, it doesn't look like he's going to be a star this season at all. And it looks like, uh, you know, it's going to be Miles Sanders. And then, you know, at the worst, I'd say you have to worry about Jordan Howard, maybe at the goal line. But I do think Miles Sanders is still one of the most explosive runners. You know, last year he had among the most 40 yard, uh, 40 plus yard rushes in the seat uh, out of anybody else in, in the league. So um, I, I do think he's going to do much better. And uh, my second one is uh, T Higgins. So um, not, I don't, not that I have to eat too much crow, but you know, I, I was kind of the, at least in redraft, the champion of Jamar chase and which I was mm-hmm. right about, obviously, yeah. but um, at the same time, you know, T Higgins has completely fallen off and uh, you know, Nate, especially has, has been a big champion of him, but I do think, you know, he, he hasn't been bad every game or anything, but I think he's in the wide receiver 30 something right now, depending on mm-hmm. you know, if you're half point or full point PPR. And, you know, that's just not quite what we were looking for. And he was drafted probably in the fourth or fifth round. But I do think he's going to have a better second half of the season. Um, and a third name that I will add, uh, you know, just to excite you here is uh, Brandon Ayuk. I do think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to – he, he like looks, he, you know, he had a turnover last game. It's not looks doesn't look like his problems are completely up, over. But at the same time uh, – yeah, he looks much better, and he's going to have a much better second half than the first. Um, but uh, so wait, so I'm glad that you brought up Aaron Ayuk because I would just like to eat crow and say how wrong I have been on Devo Samuel. He was like on my do not draft list. Like I don't rate him that highly. I did not like him, and dude, he has fucking killed it this year. It has been – it's honestly been my biggest surprise, I think, to this point. Like, when he caught that fourth and five pass on Monday night, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're kidding me that he just keeps doing – and they run with him sometimes. It's crazy. I, I, I hate it that I didn't see it. 
Yeah, Nadebo is actually my most owned receiver in in Dynasty. Uh, Good for you. Good I, for you. I, I, you know, I was really, really, I really believed in him the year before Ayuk was there, and then you know, obviously yeah, Ayuk came and, and he got he was injured from a lot of it, but it, it it did cast some doubt on it for me, and I did trade one or two shares away, which I wish wish I didn't, but uh, you know, he's uh, he's. Uh, you know, I stuck with him and, and, and I'm really glad I did because he's been explosive. But uh, all right. Um, our last dog discussion here is, uh, you know, we kind of already talked about him a little bit enough. Of, I let, let Micah take the victory laugh, but I did just want to bring up, do we think Ramondre is going to be startable moving forward this season, uh, like a startable last set? I mean, obviously we don't expect him to have, you know, 30 plus point games like he did last week, but I mean, is he somebody that you're like tonight, are you going to plug in, play him tonight? Um, you know, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Micah? I'm actually starting him in one of my dynasty leagues. Actually, I'm starting him in both my dynasty leagues. Okay, is it was but one of them you're tanking? So yeah, yeah, but one of them I am starting him <laughs> in a game that I but, really but need in to your, win. In the one you're competing in, you're starting him. Yes, in the one I'm competing in, and I really need yeah. to win this week. I am starting Ramondre because even though Damian Harris is going to play, I think he's kind of earned that James Wright White role with how well that he's played. He's definitely better than JJ Taylor and um, Brandon Bolden. So they, Brandon Bowles is a career special teamer, and J.J. Taylor is just a small scat back. So I think Ramondre showed that he can get the workload and that he'll actually get some carries. But Damian Harris will get his as well. So I, I do think, though, that he's starting to play in that receiving back role because he catches the ball much better than Damian Harris. And I just think that I've loved his talent even before the draft. So I just think Bill Belichick drafted him for a reason. And that I think he's a solid flex play going forward. And obviously, if Damian Harris gets hurt again, we saw what happened. But I think he is starting to be um, a viable weekend and week out player. But he could fall into the Patriots running back uh, black hole and then get like three touches tonight, for all I know, with Bill Belichick um, and what he likes to do. But I I refuse to believe that this is just a thing that's always going to happen. I think that Belichick is finally turning a corner and he's going to start giving the ball to Ramondre a lot. Maybe not a lot, but consistently giving him touches. Yeah, I think I'm a little less confident than you, but at the same time, I do think he's earned a role in that offense. How mm-hmm. big that role is, I have no idea. And if it'll be the same role week to week, I have no idea. But um, I don't think he's going to be startable week like a, like I don't think he's somebody you need to plug and play every. I think he's somebody that is a great depth running back to have, and you know if hopefully you have at least two may hopefully maybe even three guys that you can start over him but i definitely don't want him as my running back too so if if if, if we're talking about that as a startable asset then you know but i think you know if he's in your flex you could do worse but um you know and he does catch passes you know hopefully like micah said jj taylor and uh brandon Bolden won't won't be as involved as they have been in in past in throughout the rest of the season but uh, moving forward but uh yeah i don't i don't think he'll be a plug and play by any means but i do think he's completely worth ro- rostering which was why he was on my waiver wire pickups so um that is my answer to that question all right well we will move on to our start sit so our first start sit micah is gonna be a man you hate but a man with a beautiful matchup, and that is Tua Tonga Valoa going up against the Jets. 
Sorry, you're gonna have to sit them. You have to sit them or drop them. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to give a shout out to um, Stallions. He traded Tua this past week, and I'm very very impressed with his return. So good job. Any return for Tua is great, but adding first rounders is pretty good. See, I disagree here. Start Tua. The Jets are horrible on defense. Tua has played very very well. In fact, he's one. Of, he's had one of the Highest QBRs in the league since being back. Um, so get off to his dick. He's a good quarterback. The Dolphins have mistreated him. That's where I'm at. Starting though. Um, all right. Uh, what about Daniel Jones at Tampa Bay? So this is a man that you once proclaimed to start every week, but obviously they had a bye week last week, so you wouldn't have said it last week. But aside from that, he's had a pretty rough stretch the past uh, couple of weeks. So are you starting him against Tampa Bay? I'm starting them because it's going to be Monday night football. And that's what happened last year because they actually played the Bucks on Monday night football. And Daniel Jones had a great game and they almost won. Uh, they're going to lose Monday night, but he's going to have a good game. You got you to start them up, fire them up. Look, the Bucks are on a skid. Russell, R- Russell, Richard Sherman <laughs> has been declared out, which at mm-hmm. the same time, he wasn't doing too well, anyways. But, uh, it's I, I honestly think he should be able to have a good game against the Bucks. Now he's gonna have to run away from their pass rush, but as long as he can do that effectively, he's gonna should have a very fantasy viable game. So I agree with you. Start Daniel Jones. Uh, but what about Carson Wentz versus Buffalo? Uh, I think I want to say you sit him, but he's played pretty well. But Buffalo's defense has been doing pretty well, too. Oh, you know what? I'm going to trust Buffalo, and I'm going to sit them. Um, oh, hey, rewind. Uh, well, that's fine. We'll, we'll just start it from here. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Carson Wentz is a three for me. I think he's a decent start. <laughs> I forgot about our. our, our <laughs> I forgot about him too. Our numbers, <laughs> but our our Tua is like a negative three, and Daniel okay. Jones is a four. Okay, Daniel and Jones Carson is a, Wentz is a two. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Right. For me, Tua is a four. Daniel Jones is a three, and Carson Wentz is a three. Uh, do you think Carson's played very well? But Buffalo is a shutdown defense, obviously they they're probably the best defense in the league statistically i'm not uh 100 sure what exact metrics that'd be cheering but at least in my mind they are they're number one in my heart i can tell you that but uh no uh carson wentz i think is is somebody i'd be hesitant to play but i do think that he should be able to score a nice you know 15 points in four point leagues maybe 20 and six point leagues so um yeah that's where i'm at on him um uh, what about Mr. Matt Ryan versus New England tonight happening in one hour from now? I think he's a start because if you go back and look at Matt Ryan's numbers, he rarely has like bad back-to-back games. He always bounces back. And yeah, he got fucking humiliated on Sunday. Um, Goddamn Cowboys. <sighs> Hated it, but whatever. He's going to come and bounce back, and he's going to play very well. And he's going to also, you know, he can never get full revenge for the Super Bowl, but I know he really wants to beat New England. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you, man. Uh, Cordero Patterson just got declared out. Um, I just don't think he has anybody to throw to but the 
but Kyle Pitts, and they're going to be able to shut him down easily. I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. That being said, Thursday night, oh, pretty much primetime games in general lately have been completely wonky. And, uh, you know, teams that we completely expect, the Dolphins beat the Ravens and, uh, you know, the Jags beat the uh, beat Buffalo. Um, last Monday, the 49ers beat the Rams. So, you know, maybe that trend will continue, but I don't have any statistics to back that up. Here's a very interesting statistic, though. Uh, Matt Ryan last week was quarterback 34. There are 32 teams in the NFL and four teams were on by and he was quarterback 34. He played the entire game. Well, that's not true. He actually, actually Josh Rosen did come out, but yeah, that, that, that was really bad. So I, you know, I, I, look, I'm not blaming Matt Ryan for this. He has nobody. He had Tajay Sharp and Russell Gage. You can't catch a, catch a pass. So I just, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty, but uh, for me, he's probably a two. If you have to start him, you can. He's a uh, four. He's like a four for four from Wendy's. All right. Get him. All right. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, what about Michael Carter versus Miami? Uh, I'll start him. I think that Flacco is going to dump it off a lot this next week. Uh, he's not going to throw it deep. So, and Michael Carr has been getting a touchdown. What, has he gotten a touchdown the last, like, three weeks or something like that? Um, well, not he last has, week they had a bye. Well, you know, I'm talking about, like, his – no, he's already – been had their bye. Wait, no, you're right, you're right. They you didn't have a bye last week. I'm, I'm mistaken. I'm not sure. I'm, honestly, I'm not, not – not, I can't say yes. Anyways, you might be he, right. has been, he has been playing very well, and so I think you got to start him. All right. Um, I well, – what's your number? Yeah, I can agree with that. I think it's uh, possibly put him in the two territory just because Miami has been playing much better on defense. And honestly, Joe Flacco, I have to believe, is a downgrade because even if he does check the ball down, he's there's no way he's going to do it as much as he did, as much mm-hmm. as uh, Mike White did. Mike White was checking the ball down so much that it was just an unsustainable pace for any other quarterback. So. I do suspect a drop in Michael, Michael Carter's value, but I do think he's – we'll call it a 2.75 for me. Um, All right. Well, what about uh, – I'll let you name your favorite here between Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman versus Houston. Uh, you go with the Hall of Famer and not the dude who tore his Achilles. I'm taking AP all day. All day AP. And what's, what's your number? Oh, my number would be a four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so for me, neither one of these players is anything more than a two. Honestly, I do – I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I do think Deontay Foreman is, is going to take over the, the lead back. Adrian Peterson, as much as the story would be wonderful if he was, did look great. He hasn't. And uh, I just – I think that, uh, you know, at some point you got to – give the ball to somebody who's averaging more than three yards a carry. So, uh, so that's my thoughts on that. Everything. Okay, bud. I just heard something being loud in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. We've got, we got some nice sound effects going on here. Uh, Lauren's and, giving us some white noise <laughs> in the Panther household. Uh, all right. Um, well, what about, uh, Miles Gaskin at the Jets. 
Yeah, don't you start him every other week? Is that... Yes, last week was his bad week. Yeah, last week was his bad week, so you got to start him. He's a five. It's odd <laughs> week. <laughs> it's odd week, Miles Gaskin. You have to start him. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. Honestly, I was very tempted to make him my start of the week, not just because um, it's the, odd, the, the, the week that you should play him based on his every other week performance, but also because the Jets – are the worst rush defense in the league. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. just a double whammy smash play. I would honestly agree. He, just, uh, I, It's hard to say Miles Gaskin's ever a five just because you never know what they're going to do. But I, if there's ever a week to start Gaskin, it is this week for sure. Um, so I'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a 4.4. 4. Uh, all right. Uh, what about... James Conner at Seattle. Uh, I mean, I guess you got to start him because Eno Benjamin's got a little toe injury, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a toe injury. So it really looks like he could be like the only back that's going to get catches and or runs or any hyper touches. And Seattle's defense isn't that great. So uh, so I'll give you a three for him. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll agree with your three there. Um, I think you can put him in your lineup. Obviously had a disappointing week last week, but Seattle's defense is not that great. Uh, did you know that James Conner has 11 touchdowns and it is week 11 and also that that is more than the total number of rushing touchdowns for 22 NFL teams. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I think he's liable to get another one this week, but, uh, you know, Kyler will be back, and I think that will also help as well. I think that might explain his bad performance. You know, I'm going to bump him up to a four. I think you should start James Conner at Seattle. Um, well, what about Jarvis Landry versus Detroit? Obviously, he's been disappointing recently, but it's Detroit. Dude, I, he's a three for me, but Baker's just been – he just seems like he doesn't want to fucking play hurt which is exactly the dumbass shit that Minshew did. It's like, dude, honestly, like, get your health together and not play completely banged up where you're playing, like, ass. So maybe he has a bounce-back game against Detroit. I know he had a game. What was the game he had the previous week, Josiah? Um, I, who, did, who, did the, who did the Browns? Uh, who was it? We lost to the – oh, wow. Oh. No, I know y'all got blown out this past week. Yes, we did. I honestly probably tried to. What kind of Browns fan are you? Are you are you just like suppressing the Uh, losses? I think I I think I am suppressing it. Was it the uh, the oh, was the Patriots? That's who it was. Yes, it was the Patriots. And the previous week, y'all beat the shit out of um the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah, Yeah, where Baker looked great, (laughs) but. Um, I think Jarvis is a three. I mean, he's still the number one receiver in that offense. So at some point, Baker's going to have to get the ball to him. I'm making a prediction based on teams' coverages watching the Browns. They aren't covering Jarvis Landry like he's the number one target anymore, Uh, at least last week since Odell's been gone and, and, uh, you know, or or maybe it was the week before – Donovan Peoples-Jones, I honestly mm-hmm. think from here going forward is going to be the guy to start. Uh, like, I'm not saying that Jarvis Landry is dead or can't, can't be started, but 
Donovan Peoples-Jones really might be the most fantasy valuable. Maybe not starting this week, but I do think just going forward, that might be the trend. That being said, I think Jarvis Landry is probably a two for me this week. I agree. I honestly think the Browns are just going to, you know, be running it down their throat, down Detroit's throat. And uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. Honestly, we did see last week, they got down to the one yard line and then they threw it four times and finally got in on fourth down, but it's clear they're kind of trying to get Baker some touchdowns. So, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Jarvis will be the recipient of one this week, but um, yeah, I think he's a two for me. Well, what about Kadarius Tony, who just got taken off the injury report officially at Tampa Bay? So we mentioned Daniel Jones, but how are we feeling about Kadarius? I think he's a start. He's a four for me. Um, he hasn't been doing too good the last couple of games, and I think that he, I don't think he's going to have that ridiculous like forty point game that he had against the Cowboys. But I see like a solid twenty points, which would make me very happy for Kadarius. So he's going to be a four for me. I like him Monday night. Yeah, he. I think he's a very boomer bust play. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. he's not. He's either gonna you know have three targets or ten targets. I don't know which one's gonna happen, but uh, I would start him. I'm gonna put him at a three, but uh, he, you know, I I do think, um, you know, honestly, Sterling Shepard still hasn't been declared whether he's gonna play uh, this Sunday or not. Oh yeah. Or I'm sorry, on Monday. So that's gonna that's gonna have a big uh, a big sway on what exactly i would say about Kadarius tony but without sterling shepherd i would definitely put tony out of four um but uh if shepherd's there maybe bump him down to a three but um all right well what about elijah moore slash Corey davis whoever is your favorite one at, versus miami you have to go with elijah man he's been stringing together a couple good games um, I know they're going to have Flacco, and I don't know how much he's going to hit him deep, which Elijah excels at. But um, Corey's just coming back from injury. I, I like Elijah as a three. Corey Davis is like a one and a half. Probably be how I'd split him up. Okay. I do agree that Elijah Moore is the one I would start. Uh, I think just uh, Flacco's not going to be pushing the ball downfield. It's going to be a lot of short area targets, and that's uh-huh. much more complimentary to Elijah Moore. Um, I would put Elijah Moore still, though, at a two. Um, I just don't trust Joe Flacco enough to be excited to start him. Um, but that being said, he is completely liable, and he's he's shown it now the past couple games that he can get these short area targets and then you know break a couple tackles and – get a touchdown or, or, you know, at least get a 30, 40 yard gain. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't rule him completely out. I might be willing to push him up to a three if Mike White was here, but uh, you know, with Joe Flacco, I just don't know what to expect. I'm very surprised they're starting Joe Flacco. Uh, I'm sure Nathan wishes he could be here to, you know, dunk on me for my Mike White belief, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it, I don't, I'm not excited about any jets really this week. Uh, and our last guy here is going to be Marvin Jones and I'll say, or any Jags receiver versus San Francisco. Oh man. The 49ers defense playing well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is honestly like the Jags hardest matchup before like the rest of their season is pretty easy. Oh man. I give them like a, Two and a half, maybe three for him and LaBisca. 
they're about the same Jamal Agnew even. Honestly, they're all like, oh, man. I just don't know what the fuck's going to happen every week with that offense. I'm honestly glad you mentioned Jamal Agnew because I didn't put him here. But honestly, I just want to retroactively put him on my waiver wire pickup because he really might be the number one receiver on the Jags. I just don't know at this point. I I don't know what the fuck's going on. He's like a fifth year receiver and he wears like a crazy number that's not a usual receiver receiver number. So nobody likes him. But honestly, he he just has been more fantasy consistent than any of the other guys. So uh, I'm putting them all at either a one or a two, but I'll put Jamal Agnew at a 2.5. Um, but uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, this is going to be, again, we mentioned we're going to cover a little bit more trade discussion this week. And we're just going to quickly say we're going to call it uh, trade target or fodder or trade fodder. So uh, basically it's whether we'd uh, rather trade for these receivers at their current value or, or trade them away and, and why. Um, so basically, you know, uh, in and out, trade for or away, whatever the, the similar segment to what you've heard before, but trade fodder or trade target Mike Williams. Micah. Dude, you need to get him off your team, but if you haven't gotten rid of him already, you're kind of fucked. So, like, from weeks one through five, he was the wide receiver, too. Weeks six through ten, he's been wide receiver 80. Like, it was a complete <laughs> fucking – like, it's just crazy to me that he was just doing that fucking amazing and then now he's just completely falling off the face of the earth. So, I mean, like, trade him – like, at this point, you might as well keep him and maybe he, like, turns it around and does it at the end of the season what he did at the beginning because I just think you're going to get him for pennies. As for he was the ultimate sell high of the season, it seems. Yeah, you know, I do agree. He was the ultimate sell high. We did, you know, mention would you, you know, earlier in the season, if if you would trade Mike Williams for a more established receiver, we named a couple names, and mm-hmm. I think most of us said yes. But um, yeah, for me, I would rather trade him away. So I'm gonna call him trade fodder. Um, I still think he's going to hold value for people. And look, he still probably is going to have a couple of more of those explosive games. But, uh, you know, the Chargers offense in general has a lot of things to figure out. And Mike Williams is one of those. So I do think that he can, uh, you know, he's not going to hold as much value as he once did. But I do think you can, you know, get a nice, you know, maybe I would trade him for like Elijah Mitchell or uh, James Conner or, you know, one of these names, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And although it's not as much as you would have gotten him, like if you need a running back, that's totally worth the trade. So uh, I fodder for me. Uh, well, what about Justin Fields? Who's looked a lot better the past couple of weeks. Um, are you trying to trade for him, trade him away? Is he a target or fodder? I think a fodder because I don't really want a rookie quarterback when I'm trying to win a championship and redraft. Obviously, like Dynasty, if you could buy him lower because someone's worried about his like future outlook, yes, do it um, definitely. But he still has Matt Nagy as the person calling plays, so I don't really want to trade for him at the moment. Yeah, here's my thing. Look, if your best quarterback is Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, I think you should totally trade for him. I mean, now, if you have one of the elite top eight guys or something like that, 
I'm not as concerned, but I mean, I do think he's going to have the ceiling. I mean, he's already had one 30 point game and I don't think that's going to be his last one this season. Uh, the bears do have a decent schedule, uh, you know, especially playoff or fantasy playoff schedule uh, going forward. So um, I would be willing to trade for, I think he's a trade target for me. Um, well, what about Brandon cooks, uh, Brandon cooks? I guess the trade target, but the thing is, I feel like whoever has Brandon Cooks already already lightening the most. <laughs> That's usually how, and there's always a Brandon Cooks truthers out there. So I don't know how much I would give for Cooks, but if someone doesn't realize how good Cooks is and you can get him on the low, I like it. I just wouldn't want to oversell for him. So he's definitely more of a trade target, but not someone I'm like actively trying to get as much as I can of. Right, right. Yeah, well, so I was actually the Brandon Cooks owner in our main redraft league, um, and I traded him away, uh, but it was uh, him and J.D. McKissick for uh, Daryl Henderson. Uh, funny funny enough, that trade felt incredible at the time, but Daryl Henderson has not had a good game since I traded for him, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's how it works. But uh, I do think that uh, he's somebody you can trade away and get some significant value for, um, especially if somebody's really receiver needy. He's a top 20 receiver on the season. Um, so, but at the same time, I'm perfectly just as willing to hold him if I, if I don't get a fantastic offer. Uh, but I, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would trade for him or trade. I think he, he's one of these rare guys where you could kind of do either because he's a good enough piece where you want to target for him, but it's not so crucial that, you know, if you could get a bet, like add somebody else to him and get a better piece, I think that's totally worth it. And you just can't trust the week to week performance because of his bad quarterback play is, is, is the, the big problem. So I think that's, that's, uh, I, I'd probably lead more towards the trade fodder side. Um, well, what about Deontay Johnson? So, in our startup for Debbie Dogs, I remember that someone took Deontay um, right before me, and I ended up getting Chase Claypool, and I was so excited. I, I wanted Chase Claypool way more than Deontay Johnson, and I was just like, oh, like offseason leading up to the season, so excited. And then just every week, I just go, wow, I really wish I fucking had Deontay. Like, I was completely wrong about this guy. And I know the fucking Mason Rudolph's been out there and Big Ben keeps getting hurt and I don't know what's going to happen. But I still think I like trading for him because people might be worried about his situation. But he does put out consistent production. And he's actually pretty good. He's actually got a lot more talent than you would expect. I totally agree. I totally agree with you there. I mean, honestly, if Deontay Johnson is my wide receiver too, I think that is just – so solid you know like, yeah um it's uh it's kind of like robert woods has been in years past where it's not a guy that's going to give you 40 points but pretty much every week you can bet on you know 15 points and if he catches mm-hmm. a touchdown you might get 20 you know so um so i do think that that he's definitely somebody i'd be willing to target uh, I, I do think you're right to mention the murky quarterback situation even if big ben is out there but when big ben is out there he's clearly his favorite target um, in Dynasty, I would be clear. I'm, I'm clamoring to get Deontay Johnson. I think he's an incredible Dynasty receiver. Um, but uh, but yeah, redraft a uh, little bit. Not as excited in redraft just because Big Ben or Mason Rudolph will be the quarterback for the rest of the season for the Steelers. Um, well, what about Antonio Gibson? So obviously, this has been a. This is honestly probably the one of the biggest. 
uh, discovered most traded or most, you know, people aren't quite sure what to do with because, you know, obviously he has this shin fracture and then he also put up, you know, 24 points versus the Bucks last week. Uh, but they were like on two short touchdown runs. That's fair. That, that is the only thing about it. So, so are, is he more trade fodder in your mind then? I think he's trade fodder just because I don't like his injury that we talked about last week. And it just worries me about his production this year. And I think he just got those two short touchdown runs this past week that kind of inflated his points. So I think you could definitely sell him for a nice price because someone may not be willing to look at his injury side of it. Yeah, you know, even without the touchdowns, if he were to, you know, you take six and six away, he would have had 12 points, around 12 points, uh, you know. I would have been surprised at that against the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's not to say that, you know, I, I he's not somebody I'm going to go trade the house for. If you can trade him off this great performance, I would do it because here's the thing. I think his, his use, his use for the rest of the season is going to be highly dependent on how much the uh, Washington football team is going to be winning. So if, if they fall out of playoff contention, I do think that they're probably going to shut Antonio Gibson down. So I would be willing to trade away Antonio Gibson, um, you know, and just, but, but I wouldn't do it for, for peanuts. Uh, you know, he's still a top yeah. 20 running back and, you know, maybe even a top 15 running back and he should be traded as such. Um, well, uh, what about Leonard Fournette? I think he's a trade target. Over half of his games, he's had over 18 points, had a 30 point game. He's he's looked really well, and he's also been the better pass catching back. Um, even though Giovanni Bernard is, you know, he has played some third down roles, but they still throw the ball to Fournette, and that's part of their offense. So I think he's a very consistent play. I love him as your RB two, or if you went no RB and he was your RB one, great. So um, I think Fournette's he was playoff lady last year. He might be playoff lady again this year. Yeah, I think that's a that, that that's I'd agree with that. He's RB thirteen right now, and I don't mm-hmm. think you know. Uh, I know the NFL. If you play on NFL fantasy, they actually have the feature where they they put beside the player what what rank mm-hmm. on the year they are. But most 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 platforms don't have that. So I do think that uh, I wouldn't assume he was RB thirteen. You know, just just based even if I, I do own him in a league or two. So uh, he was a number four overall pick for a reason. Yeah, yeah, no, he 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 honestly is, and honestly, he's probably a great dynasty by low because mm-hmm. I do think he's probably going to lead the Tampa Bay Bucks at least next season as well. Yep. Um. So you know, I, I think, and he's only twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not like he's super old. It feels like he's been around forever because I think he's drafted with Gurley, right? But uh, yeah, he no, he was drafted um the year after Gurley. Okay. No, he was drafted two years after Gurley. He was in 2017. Okay. All right. A lot sooner than I expected. Yeah, I guess it just feels like he's been around forever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I do, do think he's a he's a trade target. Certainly. Uh, what about Aaron Jones? Obviously, two week injury. Um, he's a little bit up and down before that. He did have 14 points. Uh, you know, when he went down in the in the at the end of the second quarter. So. Uh, looked like he was on pace for a good game yeah dude he, he's like a great buy low too because there's someone who might have him that might need to win the next couple weeks and yeah. they're going to need someone and if you have like maybe the best record or you're like already have a playoff position lined up i love trading for aaron jones right now 
I totally agree with you. Yeah, no, he's one of my favorite trade targets uh, currently as well. And um, yeah, yeah, I I don't got much much else to add to that. Definitely, I think he's a great trade target. Um, what about Hunter Henry? Dude, he can suck a fat bag of dicks. The last two weeks in two different leagues, he has scorned me, and I'm very upset that he's done so well the last two weeks. Oh, so maybe you should trade for him. So he stops. Maybe you should trade. Yeah, dude. Fucking Johnny's in the doghouse. It looks like. Um, and Hunter Henry has just been a. Oh man, he's been getting a lot of looks from Mac Jones. So. Yeah, I I would say go get Hunter Henry. Um. All right. And lastly, what about Mike? Oh, sorry, I didn't answer about Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, 100%. Yes, the man has seven touchdowns on the season. That's that's leading the league for tight ends. And if you had to guess, what would you say he is on the season tight end ranking? Talking about Mike Gazeki? No, no, no. Sorry, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, what is he like? Tight end eight? Three. Three? He's tight end three. Yes. <laughs> it is all on touchdowns. He's Jesus. the he's the opposite of Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is like the tight end four or five, and it's all on yardage. He only has one touchdown. And it's like if he had the amount of touchdowns that most people with his yardage would, he'd be like the tight end one. But then Hunter Henry's the opposite, where he's just all touchdowns, no yardage. He has like two catches a game and a touchdown every game. It's crazy. But uh, anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I do think he's a trade target. Uh, lastly, what about Mike Gesicki? Dude, he had seven targets last week and zero catches, zero points. Tua fucking sucks. I do not want to trade for Mike Gesicki. He's actually looked pretty good out there this year, but he's had terrible quarterback play. All right. So he is yeah. trade fodder. He's goosed twice this year. That being said, he's still – the games he doesn't goose has been very, very productive. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to trade for him. Now, look, I'm not going to trade the house. I'm not going to trade too much. But if somebody is super frustrated by that goose last week, now is the time to jump. And, look, hopefully he's not going to have another one for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I would be willing – I think he is a trade target. Uh, that being said, don't don't go too overboard with that um well okay all right let's uh move on to our buy low sell high and i i do just want to mention you know we we had the question earlier in our dog discussion uh who's a player you think is going to have a great uh end of the season after a rough start any of those uh names we named are great trade you know buy low candidates you know we Mm -hmm. um you know we probably you know i tried not to recycle one of those names here um but you know if 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 you listen to that section or you want to go back those are i know that again this is the trade deadline week so we're all looking for you know who we're going to trade for how we're going to shore up our run for the playoffs but i do think uh you know all 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 those names we named are great but who is uh another buy low you have mike uh, Bilo is a man that you have spoken highly of many a times throughout our podcasting days, and it is Mr. Tyler Lockett. He is a good Bilo with Russ coming back from injury, and he didn't have a great game though. Russ looked terrible actually, if we're being honest, last week, and you could tell his finger wasn't at a hundred percent. He probably shouldn't have started last week, so I think that a lot of people are, could be scared off by that. And obviously, Tyler Lockett's volatile scoring, 
But um, I, I like him a lot um, as a buy low right before the trade deadline. Yeah, my buy low. I mean, we did sort of kind of talk about it in the trade target or fodder. I, I guess I retroactively could have left his name out. Uh, but uh, it's Aaron Jones. I do think he's just the, the best yeah, buy low. I like it. It is true. Look, if you're fighting for a playoff spot, if you have a losing record, you can't really afford to make that move. But um, if you do have any kind of depth whatsoever, I do think you can get uh, – look, I almost traded away Aaron Jones because uh, I thought he was going to have a serious injury. And this was in Dynasty, but uh, I was very, very happy. I was like – I decided to just wait and let's see, you know, how long they're going to declare him out because if he's going to be back for the playoffs, I still want him for my team. And uh, sure enough, only two weeks. So uh, Dynasty, redraft, whatever it is, you know, I do think Aaron Jones – now look – there's some people that are also worried about AJ Dillon. So that's another, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but here's the thing we have to remember. He had Jamal Williams last year. He was yeah. like 40% of the work and he still was a top six back on the year last year. So I would notwithstanding any, I mean, Aaron, Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon is an incredible back. I mean, he has probably the biggest, I think he's the biggest uh, back besides maybe Derek Henry in the in, in the National Football League. But uh, Aaron Jones is 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 going to get his work, and uh, you know I think he's going to really help the the Packers who are trying to push for that that buy spot. Um, you know at the at this late stretch of the season. So Aaron Jones is my buy low. Um, well, who is your sell high? Sell high is Mister Devontae Smith. Oh. He has done really well the past couple weeks, and he's actually looked good. And he, his numbers should be better than what they are. But I still don't fully trust Jalen Hurts, and I would much rather be able to get, like, a good solid running back for down the stretch or maybe possibly, like, another, like, receiver and asset because um, I can see a lot of people wanting to buy Devontae at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I uh... – I personally would definitely, you know, be be buying De- Devontae right now. I do think they've kind of figured out that connection, but I'm sure you can get very good value for him. So I think that's that's if if you don't believe he's going to continue this season. One thing I'll say is uh, as far as playoff schedules go or fantasy playoff schedules go, um, nobody has a better schedule than the Eagles. So so mm-hmm. that that might be something to to look out for. But uh, but yeah. So for me, this is going to be very controversial but I'm sticking with it. I kind of flip-flopped a little bit, but I decided to stick to my guns. My sell high is Christian McCaffrey. Oh. Um, you know, Micah mentioned he came back this week. He didn't score a touchdown, still had 27 points. Uh, but if you look at the Carolina Panthers' schedule, um, it is absolutely gruesome. Um, and, you know, I – Cam Newton, you know, obviously he was on, uh, I wasn't watching that game, but I would see when, you know, obviously the app tells you when they're in the red zone mm-hmm. and I would see when they're in the red zone. And I was playing against Christian McCaffrey in our main league against our friend Slade. And every time they'd get there, I'd be like, Oh God, he's about to get a touchdown. And then I'd look and his score and it wasn't, they'd be on the one yard line and they'd score. And it's like, it's not Christian McCaffrey. And it was Cam Newton every time. So <laughs> I do think that's going to be happening a lot. Um, you know, uh, I'm stalling a little bit here just cause I, I meant to pull up the rest of the, the Panther schedule, but here it is. And look, I understand <laughs> that it's Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying he's going to have bad weeks, but listen to this schedule. Um, 
so he has the Dolphins this week, which they're a good uh, have become a good defense. The Falcons after that, obviously that's a smash play. But listen to this for the playoffs. This, then the uh, you know for the fantasy playoffs it goes: Bills, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. I'm sorry, Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. They are the Panthers. So, uh, <laughs> so literally, if you were to ask me who the toughest rush defenses are, I'd say the Bills, the Saints and the bucks and it's all three of those teams so if you're depending on him for the for the fantasy playoffs i wouldn't expect him to have his 30 point games there you know so i think you can sell him for so much right now that you can get such a return you can get a a, a you know a running back of, of equal of you know maybe dalvin cook and and then uh CeeDee Lamb. I don't know. I'm just naming names, but I could totally see somebody getting uh, doing that for Christian McCaffrey, especially because Dalvin Cook has been a little bit disappointing. So, um, you know, you can get such a haul that I think it's totally worth it. And he is my sell high candidate on the last week that we will have our sell high segment. Like it. All right. Like a lot's put my nuts on the table there, but <laughs> he'll probably end up scoring 50 points this next week and I'll look stupid, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on to our final section here. And that is our starts of the week. Uh, so we'll start out with tight end and Mike, I'll let you give your tight end from last week and your tight end this week. All right. I said, Mr. Tyler Higby, who had a cool, 11 points including a touchdown good so, enough for a tight end yeah good enough for a tight end yeah it's probably tight end four or something <laughs> um so this week my tight end pick is going to be jared cook okay i i he's had a couple decent um games so far this season and um I really think that this is oh, – I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, he's pretty much been, like, on and off, either getting, like, you know, double digits or single digits every week. So, I think this week against Pittsburgh, that didn't look very good against the Lions. I think I could see him getting um, a good another double-digit game. Okay. I think that's a good pick for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, the I think the only thing I'm a little bit worried about Cook with is just is Parham going to steal his work. You know, Parham's been worked in a yeah. little bit more, but – but I do think, uh, you know, he's he's been reliable most weeks. So, you know, this week, hopefully that'll be the, the case again. Um, for me, my tight end last week was Dan Arnold versus Indianapolis. You know, I jokingly said that Jamal Agnew was the number one wide receiver. I was just joking. It's actually <laughs> Dan Arnold. Uh, <laughs> he uh, had a great game last week uh, and uh, felt good about that one. Uh, for me this week, it's going to be a guy that hasn't been super startable at all this season, but I think this is going to be the breakout game and he has been getting an increase of targets recently. Uh, now that Justin Fields has been playing better and that's Cole Komet, uh, versus Baltimore. Uh, he's going to be my start of the week. I think he's going to catch a touchdown and Cole Komet is my man. All right. All right. I'll be cool with that. Yeah. We and Mike are actually talking about maybe making a dynasty trade for Cole Komet, so I shouldn't have Stay tuned. Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, what about your wide receiver, Micah? Oh, I picked Russell Gage last week. 
<laughs> and he got a zero. Oh, oh big old goose egg. That's right. I'm... You were like, fuck Russell Gage earlier before yes, the show. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And I might be starting him in the next, like, 15 minutes. I got to decide that. But, um, yeah, so this week, though, he is not my wide receiver. Um, My wide receiver pick for this week is Rashad Bateman. Ooh. Um, he's he's been getting catches. He's my waiver wire pickup, and I think he's gonna score a touchdown this week. So I really like his outlook, and he is my wide receiver for the week. Yeah, that's a that's a, a really interesting call there. Uh, I I'll definitely be keeping my eyes on that. Um, so last week I picked the incorrect Dallas Cowboys receiver in <laughs> uh, picking Amari Cooper. It should have been CD Lamb. CD Lamb went off. Amari Cooper scored nine points. I am sorry. I feel like <laughs> I had the right process, just the wrong name. But uh, this week it's going to be a little bit deeper of a cut here, and it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, oh. Indianapolis, Indianapolis right. has a terrible pass defense. The rush defense is great. So I, I think that. Uh, uh, you know they'll 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 have to the, the the Bills who already don't have much of a run game will have to really really rely on that pass game uh, to beat the Colts and I think that Emmanuel Sanders is as liable as any to have uh, one of his really big explosive weeks this week so um, Emmanuel Sanders my wide receiver start of the week bold choice yeah I like your brass thank you sir um, all right who's your running back. Last week, I said Mr. Mark Ingram, who got 22 points and is now the Saints all-time leading rusher. So that was that was a good pick, I thought. Yeah, great, great play. Um, so this week, I'm going to roll out with another running back of the NFC South, and it's Mr. Leonard Fournette, Monday night against um, the Giants. So their rush defense is very bad, and I have a feeling they're not going to want Brady to sling it around the whole game because I think the Giants are going to be playing catch up. So I think Leonard Fournette is going to be the running back of the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a very solid play this week for sure. Um, last week I had Josh Jacobs versus Kansas city. It wasn't a complete bust, but it wasn't a start of the week worthy play. Um, so I'll call it a loss. Uh, but this week I mentioned it earlier, but uh Oh, you know what? I realized I said I was tempted to make him my start of the week, and I did make him my start of the week. But it's uh, it's Miles Gaskin at the Jets. Um, I do think uh, this is going to be the week that he really explodes. Uh, I mean, he has exploded uh, in the past, but I think he's he's going to have. I mean, the Jets every running back that plays him explodes, and and uh, I think they're, you know, honestly, the Dolphins could get up on them and just be you know running out the clock by the end. So. Uh, Miles Gaskin at the Jets is my start of the week. And quarterback. Well, I wanted to talk about my running back so much because my quarterback, I picked Matt Ryan. And we spoke earlier about how poorly Matt Ryan did last week. Yeah. <laughs> it was not – oh, man. Um, so that didn't go well. This week, though, it is going to involve the Atlanta Falcons, but it is not going to be Matt Ryan, and it's going to be Matt Jones. I have a feeling in about 10 minutes he is going to obliterate us, and it's going to be very upsetting. So um, Matt Jones is my quarterback star of the week. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's obviously a super good play. He last week had the highest uh, quarterback rating. Would not be surprised if that happens two weeks in a row against the Falcons. Um, my start of the week last week was Carson Wentz versus Jacksonville. That actually was not a good play, uh, even though they did win the game. I think he scored like 13 or 14 points, which is pretty underwhelming for a quarterback. Uh, so sorry about that one, but I feel really good about this week. And it's a guy who's been largely disappointing this season and that's Ryan Tannehill. But this week, Ryan Tannehill gets none other than the Houston Texans. So, uh, I do think that this is going to be, and you can write this down, everybody, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's best week of the season. All right. So, uh, I think, you know, you're probably been disappointed in him if you have him, but fret not this week. The Houston Texans are here to make your life a little bit easier. I just, I, I got a trade that I got to talk to you about when we get off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. well, everybody, uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, obviously, Nathan not being here today, I'm sure made it a little bit less pleasurable, but hey, we miss you, buddy. We're really, really glad you're okay. Um, mm hmm. We're glad that, you know, if you so choose, you can get back on the bike again, uh, you know, one day after a little bit of physical therapy and some rehab. Uh, but, uh, but we love you, man. We're, we're, we're glad you're okay. We're glad your mind's there. We're glad your body's there. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. You got anything to add, Micah? I do not. I just hope that Matt Jones doesn't. I know he's my quarterback star of the week. I just hope he doesn't do us too dirty. That's like a solid, like, you know, it's not like a, just a complete dad dicking where like last week against Dallas. So I hope Matt Ryan puts up the fight. We will see. We will see. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, hug, kiss, all of that. Uh, we appreciate you listening for Micah Burge. This is Josiah Panther. Fantasy Dogs out. Mm -hmm.